We are delighted that we have the Prime Minister of Canada joining us on the program this morning, Justin Trudeau, joining us on the phone from Ottawa. Uh, good morning, Prime Minister. Thanks for taking some time out of your schedule today. Really appreciate it. No, glad to, glad to be here, glad to be chatting with you guys. Glad to have you on. Uh, first question from me. We know it's no secret Alberta is in a pretty precarious situation. COVID, a big collapse in oil prices have left a lot of people really struggling here. Uh, Premier Jason Kenney, many Albertans feel that your government's policies have done more to hurt Albertans than to help. So what do you say to the people who've seen hard times and place that blame directly on you and your government? Listen, I understand uh, how uh, difficult the past years have been for uh, for Albertan workers, uh, particularly with the uh, oil challenges, but particularly now layered on with COVID. Uh, but when COVID hit, we stepped up for everyone right across the country with things like the uh, emergency uh, wage uh, wage the with the uh, wage subsidy, uh, with the supports that we uh, put out, which helped uh, tens of thousands of, uh, of workers across Alberta uh, as, we, uh, as we move forward. Uh, we have consistently been there to invest in Alberta, whether it's a billion dollars for Ortham Wells, whether it's uh, hundreds of millions of dollars for emissions reduction funds. We have moved, uh, you know, we've bought a pipeline in, uh, in Trans Mountain, which is uh, being built right now because we understand how important it is to get oil uh, to new markets while we uh, look at transforming our economy to emit less carbon. And if we're going to do that, we need to have Alberta and Alberta ingenuity and Alberta workers uh, working towards that. That's why uh, I'm so excited about the leadership that oil companies have shown on uh, reducing emissions, on investing in clean tech, why we're continuing to support. Uh, we're going to continue to work uh, work to try and build a better future for everyone, including our energy workers right across the country and in Alberta and Saskatchewan. And you mentioned a lot of things that I know Albertans uh, know that the Liberal government champions as friends of the oil and gas sector, but when we hear our Premier talk about a lot of the policies that are in place uh, actually block what Alberta is trying to do. We can talk about the plastics ban that came in shortly after Alberta announced they wanted to bring in a recycling program. Um, the sentiment is that when we try and get back on our feet as a province, the policies of the Liberal government actually hurt more than they help. Well, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of torque in uh, some of the things that Albertans are, are hearing from various sources because a big part of that plastics ban is uh, while we're banning uh, specific toxic single-use plastics, a big piece of it is bringing in a significant recycling program for end-to-end -end use on plastics so that uh, we can actually uh, get economic benefits while we end up with fewer single-use plastics in our landfills. So uh, a lot of the things that we're doing actually do align with what a lot of really thoughtful people and businesses in Alberta are already going towards. But there is a bit of a political division that unfortunately sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes takes the place of uh, everything else. Um, Prime Minister, your government's talked a lot about openness and transparency. Uh, that was a big part of your campaign. But in recent months, you've prorogued Parliament, uh, shut down committees, uh, huge filibusters, and you actually forced the issue of any investigation into the Wee scandal by uh, making a non-confidence motion into a confidence vote that threatened to send Canadians to an election that absolutely nobody wants. How is that transparent? How do Canadians not deserve accountability into the spending of this government when we know there's some questions that need to be answered? Uh, well, 
let's just take that, that first example you said, proroguing Parliament. Uh, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and Edmonton just got some really, really high numbers. Um, it is hitting hard. There are terrible losses, terrible tragedies that so many families are facing. And obviously, the plan we put forward uh, 10 months ago in the th- speech for the throne at the end of 2019 uh, that didn't uh, allow for a global pandemic needed to be updated. So we needed to prorogue Parliament to have a new throne speech in order to give a new direction to Parliament. And part of that in a minority Parliament is making sure that we have the confidence of the House to be able to continue. We don't get to govern unless the House has confidence in us. So there was a confidence vote on the speech from the throne, and more recently when uh, the Conservatives put forward a motion that, quite frankly, would have uh, would, you know, was, was extremely toxic and demonstrated that they didn't have support in the, in the, in the government, um, we, we absolutely made it a confidence vote because we need a Parliament to work. Uh, on the issues that you've laid out, we've answered, I appeared before committee, we, we released thousands and thousands of pages of documents that were redacted by the public service and not by the political side. So we have been open and transparent, but every step of the way, while conservatives have been focusing on 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 you know trying to play political games we've focused on the pandemic we've been delivering for small businesses we've been there to deliver uh for big businesses we've been there to support canadians particularly uh albertans who've been through a really really tough time and we will continue to be uh, even as others play politics and focus on me i'm going to stay focused on on canadians Oh, I want to piggyback on that because there have been several aid packages that have been available to Canadians and as we're entering now the second wave of COVID-19, many people looking to, to take advantage of those uh, different systems. I'm curious if if maybe there are some new strategies moving forward inspired by those packages. There was speculation that a universal basic income could have been introduced in the throne speech. Are conversations like that on the table? Um, listen, we, the, the pandemic has shown cracks in our society that we need to fill, um, that were already there before, but quite frankly, uh, the pandemic has made it more difficult for vulnerable Canadians, which is why we move forward uh, just uh, just this past week on a rapid housing initiative on an investment to end chronic homelessness uh, for good in Canada uh, with uh, billions of dollars for, uh, for housing. These are the kinds of things that, quite frankly, uh, Mayor Iveson has been leading the way on uh, in uh, in in many years for many years, uh, and we are glad to step up on so those kinds of things. Direct supports that are pertinent now, but also going forward, really matter. As we get through this pandemic, as we manage to uh, to get to the other side and start talk about recovery, well, then we will continue to look at sort of more longer term uh, investments and recurring investments we need to make. But right now, the commitment we're making to all Canadians is we will be there to support you no matter what whatever it takes until the end of the pandemic. That's why when we extended the wage subsidy, when we're uh, expanding uh, the uh, small business account with uh, $10,000 forgivable loans, for example, for the smallest businesses, um, we're saying, look, public health officials who feel they need to shut things down, we will be there to support those businesses that have to close, those workers that have to stay home. The federal government is taking on this debt so people don't have to, so that we can come back stronger than ever afterwards. Uh, Prime Minister, we're getting a signal that we have to let you go. We only had you till 6.13. We've stolen a minute of your time, but we do appreciate you uh, joining and uh, chatting with us a bit this morning. We'll I, do this I, again. I will, I will put in one last plug for the COVID Alert app. I know uh, yes. uh, the provincial cabinet's going to be looking at it. Right now, 
in Alberta, you can download the COVID Alert app. And if you come into contact with someone from Saskatchewan who then goes home to Saskatchewan and tests positive, it will alert you. So it's already useful. It'll just be a lot more useful when uh, the province decides to uh, give people the ability to plug in the codes. That's all that's missing. And we really hope that people will take on every tool we possibly can uh, to fight COVID-19. So uh, I encourage Albertans to download the COVID Alert app because it uh, starts working right away. And if it comes online in the coming weeks, uh, you'll have that much more protection. Okay. Okay. Glad to have you mention that. Prime Minister, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.